Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I am here. Or perhaps I am out in the galaxy, forever searching for new and interesting experiences. Alright, well Matt's become a cosmic being, and I don't know how to take that. Well, at least I didn't say take the word of one who knows. <laughs> Man, I hated Starhawk growing up. Ah, Starhawk. <laughs> uh, also, before you get rolling, I got to say, I went back into Starfield and went to a bunch of planets that, again, did that. You, you remember you were saying they seemed empty? Uh, stuff pops up as you explore the planet, like a lot of it. I'm just putting it out there. Appreciate that. But that's not right here. We're not here to talk about Starfield, though. Uh, we are here instead to answer questions from our wonderful listeners. Uh, so if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com and that's singular podcast, specify in the subject line, which show it's for. And if you have a special pronunciation for your name, please include that as well. Uh, if you want to hit us up on our discord channels, we have one set aside for Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you. It's our patron queue and podcast questions channel. Again, same thing, specify what show it's for. And if you have a special pronunciation for your name, let us know. Uh, and then if you can't support us on Patreon and still want to hit us up on Discord, we do have our Q and podcast questions channel, which we encourage you to put questions in there for. Uh, without further ado, we're going to get right into the questions here. And our first one comes from Mary, a uh, good friend of the show, been around for a long time. Thank you very much, Mary. Uh, what is so special about the sapling world tree that the Dragonflights need to defend it? Not how special it is to Night Elves. I get the sense that it's more than that. In Taliesin's latest cinematic deep dive, he says that the aspects say that the tree is where they are the weakest. Why is that? Matt, you are the resident expert of all things Elven here. Do you have an idea? No, I have absolutely no idea why they said. Anyway, that's been the show, guys. How you know? Um, um, I mean, seriously, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, well, let's speculate. Why but, would they consider it the weakest? Hold point? on, hold on. I do have some ideas. One of them is that it's quite possible that since they don't have their full aspect power back, that maintaining it inside the Emerald Dream is a great draw on their power. For one thing, they had to bring Ysera back from the dead for this. And she isn't what she was. I mean, she's tied to the Shadowlands now. So it's her daughter attempting to do it. And her daughter is doing it in, you know, there's, there's nothing that one of them does that they don't all do. So... The other thing is that we know that the Emerald Dream has long been a, a certain place that people keep loving to attack from. Uh, and I'm going to point out, stuff we've seen makes me think that Firak is pretty far gone along the way to thinking the old gods are great and singing the national you know, old god anthem. Well, not Firak. Firak doesn't really know about them yet. That's oh, no, a, I think he does. That's I a Riddicron. Riddicron's one that made the deal. No, 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 dude. It doesn't matter about the deal. We know that Firak is wandering around with a big axe named Firalak. Firatoth, which is basically like, you know, it's like old God last name. Um, we also know that he's covered in shadow flame. He absorbed the shadow flame into himself. And we have no idea what that's doing to his head, but it's got the word shadow right in it. And when Naltharian slash Deathwing used shadow flame and when his children used shadow flame, who were they working for? Yep. No, that's fair. Yeah. And since we know that the, the uh, Elmo dream was attacked recently, as in, it's one of the things that got Ysera killed in the first place, by Nizoth, the old god that we kind of accidentally gave a book to the future in, in the beginning of this expansion. I think it's quite possible Feralath, uh, Ferak is 
totally working for the old gods and just doesn't know it. Like he's a useful idiot. Point him at something. Maybe he'll he'll get lucky and you get to destroy this thing and, and wreak all kinds of havoc. But what was it before? How many like how many lanterns light their way? Five, I think. And we've already seen one world tree get blown up and burned down. One of them is dead up in uh Northrend. It's it's its corpse is literally digging into Technically there's a Yaz-Khan. new seedling growing in the middle of it. But yeah, yes. and if it's attached to the root system, then that could also mean that that's being influenced by Yogg-Saron. Um, there's the one that never got to be finished, the one that um, Fandral was attempting to make that became uh, one of the uh, the trees, the emerald trees. And there's the, like we also know that Ilganoth appeared in a place where there was no world tree, mm-hmm. but he took the form of a world tree. Where was that place? It was inside the Emerald Dream. So I don't know exactly why the dragon said that. I don't know if it's because they're being drained of their power or because they don't have as much power in the dream because it's not Azeroth. I don't know. So, I mean, it could be a number of things as well, too. One of the the most, I guess, I don't want to say obvious, but one of the most on-the-nose things is this isn't a world tree constructed from a seed in the same way as the other world trees. This is unique, at least from what we know, in the fact that the seed was born of a combination of the magic of Elune and the Shadowlands. So you have all these souls that have been essentially given a nascent life or, or are being cradled inside of the seed uh, that were sort of blessed with that power. The power of Elune, the tear of Elune, uh, was the formed base of this particular uh, world tree seed that contained everything therein and i think that is unique while the other trees seem to be constructs of azeroth that were blessed or infused with some form of power whether it be titanic or otherwise to grant them uh immortality to the night elves uh or to do uh, any number of other things to basically make it make it what we would consider a world tree um we knew that they were placed on caps of the great power and, and everything else so this is different in that regard because it is born of both the Emerald Dream, the power of a celestial goddess, essentially, or an entity that we don't fully understand, because let's be honest, we don't fully understand Elune, uh, and then uh, Shadowlands on top of it. Like, it's it's all these souls and everything all in one fell swoop. It is vastly different than all of the other ones. The other interesting thing is, while it is in the Emerald Dream right now, it is probably the first example of how sort of a item born in the Emerald Dream can transition to the physical world, uh, where where it's located or where it is where we're going to be going in the Emerald Dream. There's no landmass there. There's nothing there uh, and on Azeroth proper. Everything that we're going to be experiencing, all the landmasses, everything we're going to be going through, the roots of where the, the new world tree are, everything are only in the Emerald Dream, but... If that can transition from the Emerald Dream to the Material Plane, uh, then what does that mean for things? And I was going to talk about this with Ilganoth. Ilganoth was in a construct that looked like a world tree. We don't know if Ilganoth crafted that or if what is happening now was attempted before, where a new world tree was being constructed in the Emerald Dream to be safe and then became corrupted by Ilganoth in the Nightmare. But that was only contained in the dream and the nightmare. What happens if Firak or any of the old god patrons that, that possibly are looking for hiding us off uh, see how the magic works, 
how they can transition something from the backup to reality. That becomes a really dangerous thing because we, like Matt pointed out, we've seen the void is able to, it's like to sort of jump into and uh, attack other realms, right? The void has a hard time taking physical form in the material plane in any sort of thing that doesn't mutate it, right? The old gods are bits of void flung into our world that have been mutated or, or evolved to be different than what they were when they got here. What happens if they learn how to craft that themselves or to guide it or to figure out how that sort of transition works? I think that becomes a liability. Now, there could be something to Matt, what Matt said about the power being drained or that it is a great strain. Uh, and there is probably some truth to that because, I mean... The Emerald Dream had been under assault for how long at this point? The Nightmare had been a growing thing since, what, Xavius really first started? Maybe even before that? I'm looking at Matt for confirmation. Oh, sorry, you, you actually got me thinking about something completely different. Um, I was thinking about exactly what Xavius did the first time when he grafted a branch to the New World Tree. I always forget where he got the branch from. Like, I know he got it from the Old Gods, but I don't remember exactly where he got it from. Uh, like, what it was that he grafted. But I started thinking about it in terms of what you said about Ilganoth, and I was like, wait a minute. What if there was no such thing as they already tried to make a world tree and then the old gods corrupted it? What if it was the old gods and trying to make that world tree in the first place? Yeah. What if this is actually somebody else stealing an idea from the old gods? Like the whole deal with Ilganoth, because we saw Ilganoth again in Nihilotha, and he was completely different. He wasn't like a, a tree. He wasn't and, a tree at all. And and just to walk back real quick, so Xavius, when he was died, when he died, his soul was contained inside of a, a a tree, and the branch that he or before his transformation and everything. Yeah, um, that's right. And the, the tree got, actually got like into him during yes. the explosion. Yeah, I remember. And that. then a, br- a branch of that tree is what he grafted onto Teldrassil when it was still growing to essentially become uh, the the pathway in to make the Emerald Dream the Nightmare. Sorry, please continue. Yeah, and- Keep in mind that when Xavius did that, uh, that's because Teldrassil was uniquely broken. Uh, Fandral did not get the blessings of the Dragonflights. And as a result, the magic was growing without the, the blessing of the Dragonflights to control and shape it. Which was turned out to be a bad idea. I guess they basically got sick of Fandral constantly trying to make world trees. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, like, dude, did, did does every problem solve with a world tree in your mind? No, stop it. Uh, but regardless, now I'm thinking about the thing with the... Uh, Ilganoff and in that tree form in the Emerald Dream, and it might have been that they were trying that trick already. And that reminds me of what we used to say back about Nizoth and the the halls of origination and that whole deal. That that we don't really know what happened to Nizoth. We don't know if Nizoth is dead or not. Uh, my money's on not. So my yeah, that's, also that's, interesting. Not. that's interesting to me because now you've got why are the dragons at their weakest there? It might have absolutely nothing to do with them, you know, them being weaker at all. It might be mm-hmm. that their power doesn't work there because it's basically it's not their home ground. It's it's not where they got their power. It's not a realm of order, and that's where they get their power from. They're powered by the order magic that was used in their creation. Um, but the nightmare, I mean, we don't know where this is all coming from in terms of Firax invasion. We don't know exactly where he's leading it from, but we know that it's basically the Firelands. He's actually brought the Firelands into the Emerald Dream. That's interesting. 
because we haven't seen that before. We haven't seen any of the elemental planes do that kind of but thing it makes, before. But it makes a certain right? amount of sense, though. It does with the make way- a certain amount of sense, because I was thinking about this. We know that a lot of the planes that we have were created by Titans or Titan Forged. Mm-hmm. We know that the four, at least four elemental planes that we know of around Azeroth were created by the Titan Forged to hold the uh, elemental lords at the end of the, the war with the Black Empire. But we know that that's something that the actual Titans used to do too, because Sargeras made it such a prison inside the Twisting Nether because he had all these demons showing up and he couldn't contain them. Like he'd kill them and they'd come back. So he built a prison to hold them. And now I find myself thinking about that because we have the, the, the Twisting Nether and the demons and then the elementals and the elemental planes which begs the question, before they made the elemental planes, the elementals would always come back from death. Where were they coming back from? We know that you can you can basically kill an elemental and, and they cut they're they're not hurt. Like Ragnaros got killed and so it just went back to the elemental plane of fire. And we were but told that we were told that, that like a demon, if we tried to kill them in their home plane, that it would work forever, but I don't know about that. Well that's the thing. Is that their home plane? Mm-hmm. Since like, they're really not think, from there. Yeah, think about this much too. Ragnaros, and I forget which of his lieutenants, but I think it was Gedningar, killed Thunderon. They consumed his power, and yet when they had to put the rest of him in amulets, the talismans of binding shard, and when that was great, when, when that was collected and used, he was recreated. And Thunderon wasn't even an elemental lord. He was the quote-unquote son of an elemental lord. Now certainly eligible to be an elemental lord, but not actually one. And yet he couldn't truly be killed. They consumed him, but he wasn't dead. He came back. I think right now he actually is the, the wind Lord, isn't he? Thunderon, Prince Thunderon is the wind Lord. I believe so. Yeah. So all of this leads to the question. If, if the old gods were attempting this trick before, if now they're possibly wanting to see what, you know, the, the night elves and dragons are going to do would see if there's their version of it is works better. If, Firak is somehow tied into that, like whether or not he knows it through his alliance with the elemental lords, which is another thing. The elemental lords are still under the control of the old gods. Like if the old gods tell them to, they have to do things. At least as far as we know, we've not seen any anything of the bindings having been broken. Although Neptalon certainly wasn't doing what Ashara wanted, and that was coming from Nazoth. Mm-hmm. So back and forth on that one but let's assume for now that there are elements within the elementals that are willing to do at least for now willing to play along with the old gods if for no other reason than to give the middle finger to the titans does that mean the elementals come from another plane like or i mean if they if they don't come from azeroth and they we have elementals so, on other worlds right we do but they're i'm starting to a, go, ahead. Go, go ahead go ahead you go there's something that i said a long time ago that always kind of sticks with me especially when talking about the elementals in general we have elementals everywhere. There are, there are elementals comprised of whatever uh, components make up the realm we're in. We saw elementals when we were in the Shadowlands. They just happen to be made out of anima or something like um, native to Animals. whatever. Yeah, like animentals. That's a really good way to put it. Something native to the realm that they were in. So I'm wondering if Azeroth, and I've talked about Azeroth being sort of like this, the, the melting pot of the galaxy, right? It is almost unique at least as far as we can tell in the fact that it seems to be touched by all realms of existence at the end of shadowlands we sort of had this glimmer where you know we went to zareth mortis and it where, where, where did the sepulchre of the first ones touch 
it touched back to Azeroth. Azeroth was able to link back through to us, and it was the Jailer's attempt to link back through to it. And Matt, and you you brought this up beforehand, is that if one exists, there's probably others. There's probably ones from Realms of Order and, and all the other ones that exist there in the cosmology chart, which makes it unique and that Azeroth might be the only place in all of existence where everything touches. And I've, I've said this a couple times. And maybe that also makes the denizens there unique as well, like the elementals. Because the elementals were there before Titans got there. They were there before we got there. They existed on Azeroth naturally. And maybe that's also why the wild gods can't die either. They're not wholly of one place. They can be consumed. Their energy can be... Um, manipulated or turned into something else. We saw that with my boy Ursok. But what if what if that's why elementals can't die? Because they're built of everything. Or what if it's not necessarily that they're built of everything, but the old codicil used to be you can't kill them except on their home plane. But we've then seen things been killed on their own plane and still come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or as near as makes no difference. And we saw that Sargeras was using a Titan to essentially let him bring the Legion back a time and time again. And I saw online someone made the point he was bringing them back in a specific place. Before, when Sargeras would kill a demon, it would come back somewhere in the in the in the Twisting Nether. Yeah, just there, there was no there was know, no pinpoint, right? He didn't know where, but but now he could control exactly where they came back. So if they'd failed him in some way, then he could punish them. Hence Varimathras. What if the reason elementals don't seem to die permanently is because they're they're it's it's nothing to do with dying on your own your home plane. It's because they are linked. You're talking about how they they touch every plane of existence, but what if they're not? It's not every plane of existence that's the issue. It's this plane of existence that they're tied to it by mechanically that or whatever. They are part of it. They are it. Mm-hmm. They are the cosmos taking smaller forms just like the titans did with the titan they're literally the universe itself they're made up of the things that make up physical existence they're like avatars of physical existence in a real way and the reason that they don't die is because when you kill one did you kill all fire did fire die no fire's still here then i guess uh, he isn't going anywhere either because this is their home reality more so than any other spirit like a, a a demon is a creature of the twisting nether it comes to our reality but it's from the nether the titans bound the elementals to elemental planes that are not their planes that's not where they're from that's not what they're of like think about the firelands where everything is a mockery of a living world with living animals and living places there's rivers of fire and lakes of fire and animals of fire and you know, rain of fire and fire and fire. Fire doesn't exist in a realm of all fire all the time. Like, how do you, how does fire even survive like that? It's it is literally their hell. The the Titans built four hells and stuck the elementals in them. The elementals are supposed to, in a world where there's plenty of anima, the elementals all come together in a peaceful way. In a world where there isn't enough, they fight. But either way, they come together. They move towards and through each other. You can call it chaos, but in a way, it's just a different kind of order. 
And I think that's one of the things to think about. Firak is leading the, the elemental forces of the Firelands through into the Emerald Dream to destroy an object that isn't even real yet. What happens if he pulls it off? If he infuses it with the Shadow Flame? What do we get? What will he be bringing to Azeroth? Like that, that's something that to me is, is very interesting about all this, because I think your point about the, the worlds all touching on Azeroth is a, is, a, is a good one, because it means that Azeroth is made up of everything. The, the plane that Azeroth, not just the world itself, but the plane that Azeroth is in is composed of everything. All these different quote unquote fundamental forces that have their own pocket realities. Those pocket realities are all simultaneously. They're like predecessors of Azeroth of this realm, but they're also like copies. They're like bad Xerox. Like, it's like if you took the universe and like this time, we're going to make a smaller version of it entirely out of death. What? Why would you do that? Well, no, we didn't do that. We already had the realm of death. We just need something to, you know, we need something to add to this. When you look at it in terms of the first ones and what they were doing, they were making a reality. They were making the realm Azeroth is in. And in order to make it, they had to create blueprints and concept art mm-hmm. and attempts. Like, oh, look at this one. Oh, no, that didn't work at all. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Definitely can't make it entirely out of death. What about if we make it entirely out of chaotic fell energy? No, no, I'm not going to work. But So we should just get rid of the fell energy? No, we need that to, to corrupt that other guy. Okay, yeah, good. Like, it, It's a complicated thing. If we take the idea that the first ones were going for something, like they had a plan, then Azeroth is the place where everything meets. It's the meeting ground. It is, in a very real way, the true home for many entities that we see as other planar. And absolutely, it's the true home of the elementals. Because this is where the Titans found them, you know? It's just, it's really been getting to me. Yeah. Like, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of why would the dragons say that. The dragons would say that because they are not as real there. And look at the fact that Ysera couldn't stay awake in it. Her service in the Emerald Dream was painful for her. She spent all her time having visions and sleeping. Everybody who makes who deals with the Emerald Dream spends a lot of time dreaming. Yeah, so I mean, look at the druids. Yeah. It, it's quite possible that the reason that they're defending it so hard is because they don't want to have to go in there because they know if they do, they kind of have to then sleep for a thousand years. It's it's It might be inherently innervating to go to a place that is technically a realm of life, but it's a realm of life being born. Once life is born, it doesn't stay in the Emerald Dream. It it goes out into the world. It, the, the Emerald Dream is like the backstage or the nursery. So yeah, I don't know. I, I got a lot of thoughts about this, but I really don't know the actual answer to why are the dragons saying that they're weaker there. Yeah, but I think I think it's has to do with probably again just the nature of the tree itself, the nature of Azeroth, and what it could potentially mean. Because I mean, we've seen that the and I'll go back to Nazoth here real quick. The biggest problem is that knowledge, right? Knowledge is absolutely power, and the more knowledge that we give to these entities that don't want to do anything uh, with our best interest in heart, well, it could get a little complicated. So hopefully that answers your question a little bit, Murray. Uh, and uh, if not, well, we'll try again later. <laughs> All right. We are going to move on to our next one. Uh, I think this may have been touched on before, but could Azara somehow be an aspect or avatar of the nascent soul of Azeroth herself? She was very close to the Well of Eternity for some time. Could she be infused with so much of Azeroth's arcane energy she was an extension of the planet? 
or I guess maybe her mom could have been one exp- uh, could have been the one exposed. I just feel that her inherent mastery of the arcane is somewhat linked with the planet world. So maybe the other golden eyed elves as well. And this is from uh, Jaeger, who is a dwarf hunter on Lothar. We've talked about this a little bit in the past with uh, the whole golden eye thing and what that actually means for prophecy and what it means in terms of Azeroth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when it comes to Azara, there is possibly a, a it is very easy to link her to sort of Azeroth itself. You're right in listing out the things that you do. The proximity to the Well of Eternity and having that font of, of arcane power. Uh, being born with golden eyes is supposed to be uh, a sign of great power or prophecy in the future, right? Um, it would be accurate to say it's a great promise. You have a great promise. promise. Yeah. Uh, and she is probably the, I would say she is the strongest arcane wielder on Azeroth alive right now. I think that even even Cadgar would have a heck of a time trying to keep up with her. Jaina as well. Them two together, maybe. Um, she's super, she's up there. She and, was able to successfully keep Jaina from getting in and out um, pretty much at will. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that Jaina managed to open a portal was she had to tire the area to the uh, amulet, the uh, Heart of Azeroth, which is exactly what Ashara wanted her to do anyway. So, yeah, it is fair to say that that Ashara is powerful enough that demon demon lords of the of the uh, Burning Crusade did not want to mess with her. Like ones that didn't mind reaving whole cities were like, nah, I don't think I'm going to fight her. Like, um, I always forget if it's Manoroth, the blood of Manoroth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It was Manoroth who was like, uh, maybe, uh, you know, some, kill Jaden or or uh, you know, Archimond. Archimond could take her, but I certainly can't. Don't think I want to try. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, like when we go back to this often, like Sargeras was potentially a suitable mate for her, a Titan, an or an, a being of pure arcane energy was maybe good enough for her. Maybe she's super super powerful. But all that to say is that maybe she is tied to Azeroth in some way that we can't see. And maybe that's what made her desirable for the old gods to reach out to her in the first place. Why Nazoth? Why Nazoth was the one that offered his assistance? You said it sounded like you were going to say something, Matt. Yeah, I was just waiting for you to but you know, get your thought out. Um, I was thinking about it in terms of like I don't think Ashara is an avatar of 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 Azeroth. I don't think she's going around doing the will of Azeroth. But we also know that Azeroth was having a lot of bad dreams. Mm-hmm. And I've said before that I felt like Ashara saw herself not as a a child of Elun, but rather as a direct rival to Elun. Now, it's quite possible that all the negative stuff coming up out of of Azeroth, due to like the old gods digging in, the the fear, the panic, you know, the the not understanding what was happening to it, because it's not, you know, even though it is an enormously powerful cosmic being, it is still a baby. Uh, cue the "I'm just a baby" meme. Um, but it's quite possible that Ashara picked up on it was literally, you know, as she sat there with all her people, you'll notice that everybody that for all the power of the well, for all that they drew, they drew so much from it. All the people who were her most treasured followers who were studying that thing snapped. The more they were studying it, the faster they went mad. And it, it wasn't the kind of madness where like, they're like, yes, the old gods. Yes. Everything is true. It was the kind of madness where you start like, I want to gain more power. You know, if you are afraid, sometimes you hide 
sometimes you lash out. So if that fear, the fear of a thing that is, you know, as far beyond our understanding, you know, it's, it's, it's harder to understand this thing than it would be to understand like, you know, Sargeras, if he was standing in front of you right now, you, you could get a better handle on him faster than you could on this. Because we all know that whatever, whatever as Azeroth is, it isn't as simple as a Titan. Um, it might very well be the end goal of all the first one's work was this one thing, this mm-hmm. one world soul that would be far greater than any other ones. The, the, the world soul that was so powerful that just seeing it made the Titans want to do what they never tried to do before and save a world from the old gods, save a world from the void. They just couldn't allow it to go. For all we know, Azeroth itself is the first child with the golden eyes. And that the creation of every child with golden eyes afterwards is a result of the power reaching out through the Emerald, you know, not through the Emerald Dream, sorry, through the uh, Well of Eternity and finding people that could basically do what Azeroth couldn't because Azeroth can't do anything right now. Yeah, because, I mean, let, until Magni did his thing, and that was an ancient ritual, exhausting, required him to be deep inside of the earth beneath Ironforge, uh, and resulted in him being taken out of the game for quite a long period of time. Well, you'll plus you'll note that the, what he did wasn't, it didn't specify what would happen. No, it didn't. It just said At you'd no be point, able to talk to Azeroth. Yeah. It didn't say anything about, you know, you will become, you know, you're going to be able to talk to the world and it's going to talk back and you're going to talk for it. None of the rules were, were in there, but it was just, you know, I need to know what's going on. So here goes. But what I mean is, like, that that ritual existed for a reason, and maybe it is because, like Matt's pointing out, over the, uh, you know, length of time that things have existed, uh, that Azeroth has reached out to other individuals throughout history. And this is where you're mistaken with the, or they're mistaken with the golden eyes, right? Like, the golden eyes are, this is a great thing. Uh, This is, you have great promise. Or maybe it is something where, like, you can hear what Azeroth has to say. Because, or you've already heard it. Or you've already heard it because what is the color of Azerite? Yeah, it's the kind of golden glob stuff. It's a golden I it's mean, a golden yellow, right? A lot of the Titans, that's what their eyes are. Yep. Titans have golden yeah. eyes as well. But like now you go to the to, to these and you go to uh you know Queen Azara, you go to Illidan, and they have it. And then let's go to Malfurion. Malfurion didn't get his golden eyes right away. When did he get his golden eyes? Right after he ripped Azeroth a new one. Like explain, Ooh, explain, explain it for the explain it for the people. Yeah, yeah, but go ahead. You know, you know, yeah. Okay. At the end of the War of the Ancients, it became clear that thanks to the highborn meddling uh, with the Well of Eternity, that it was going to create a portal, and the portal was going to be used by the old gods to get around the Titans' imprisonment. They were going to step out of the portal and be free. And in so doing, probably everything that they knew of was going to die and be thrown back into the Black Empire ages, and it was going to be bad. And Malfurion basically had to make a choice. And that choice was, I've, I can stop it or I can let it happen. If I let it happen, everybody dies. If I stop it, everybody might die. And he chose the option that had a chance for survival. And he sabotaged the the link up that they had created with the um, with between the uh well of eternity which i keep trying to call emerald dream today because my brain is one shot the well of eternity and the realms beyond which is how the old gods were planning to get out it was how sargeras was planning to get in 
at the same time. So I, I don't know what would happen if both had happened at once. Uh, quite frankly, I don't want to see the old gods fighting Sargeras on Azeroth. Not a good move. So when he sabotaged it, it caused what is essentially often called an explosion, but was actually an implosion. Everything rushed into the portal as fast as it could. Um, this caused many problems, one of which was much of the continent subducted. It literally went down as the, the force of the implosion just crushed everything. What happened to Azeroth was basically that the hole that the Titans had created with Amenthul ripped out Yashaj and, and had to create the Well of Eternity to basically stop the wound from killing the planet. That wound swallowed most of the, the content of Kalimdor that existed at the time. Uh, the, the, the Great Sea basically rushed in, the water that surrounded Kalimdor rushed in and filled the, the void, and that's why you have a big ocean over the Well of Eternity now. That's why the Maelstrom exists, because the power that was coming up through the Well of Eternity is now coming up directly into the ocean, which is creating this elemental roiling chaos. Keep on this, because we're going to go somewhere with it, and in so doing, he basically, for, for the most indelicate way possible, and I'm sorry, but he tore Azeroth a new one, or at least a bigger one. The wound, the wound increased exponentially, yeah. right? Like, think, and, think of it, think of it. If, if Azeroth screamed in pain when the old god Yasharaj was plucked from that spot, creating that wound that the Titans had to devote countless facilities and workings to get it to stabilize, what happens when that explodes? Yeah, and think about the, what, how Azeroth probably notices you when you do that. Mm -hmm. Now, it's quite true that he was picking the best of all possible bad options there. But still, it is not surprising to me that he has gold eyes now because the world almost certainly screamed at him at least once. He probably had no idea what he was hearing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the, uh, of the uh, War of the Ancients books, he's, he's insensate. After yeah, what he does, he's he's knocked on his bottom. Like he is, he is out. Like it is almost like the best way that I can put it is it was almost described as if he was psychically reeling. I think that's a fair statement, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if a giant entity, because I mean, the night elves at this point don't really know about old gods. They are and, and titans and and stuff like that. They know about maybe some of the the creations that existed, or maybe some entities of sufficient power. They know of, of a loon, but, and they know of demons and they know of these very powerful things. But when something like Sargeras screams at in your ear, like, or in your brain at this point, that's going to cause you to go like maybe a little haywire for a while. But yeah, I mean, the fact of screaming to stop or even just picking up on like the psychic, uh, the psychic screams of pain that Azeroth, because we know that Azeroth does feel right. Like we know, we know that, yep. Even in its nascent form, it feels pain. Uh, it, as an entity, f has fears and and can react. We know that it can have nightmares, and those nightmares can be made manifest. Yeah, I'd say that blowing up a part of its surface and causing that wound to reopen into what is essentially an ever-flowing, constant, festering wound would cause it to scream really, really loud. And him being, the, clo him being the closest one there... No doubt in my mind, he heard it, and that's what made his eyes go, go gold. Yeah, he literally had Azeroth in his head. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to go back to something we were talking about earlier, because Joe put this out there, and now we're going to follow this thread that literally just came into my head while we were talking. The wound is now the Maelstrom. Mm -hmm. Where is the Shaman Order Hall? Right at the edge. 
And what's it infested with? I mean, there's lots of things that it could be infested with, but elementals is really the main thing. Elementals and shaman. It's infested with shaman. But calling them shaman, saying shamans are an infestation just sounds to me. Well, I wasn't going to do it, but okay. Um, but no, in, in seriousness, though, there's, there's elemental forces all over the place. When you get a big cut, you scab over. And then as the scab heals, if you rip the scab off, then you bleed more and it's, it's very painful and you'll yell. And then it scabs over again. But each time it scabs, there are like filaments of collagen going across, trying to, to, to reach out to each other. Think about that when you think about the fact that the elementals at the Well of Eternity aren't fighting each other. Nope. For one thing, why would they have to? There's tons of anima there. For another thing, what if they're trying to knit the place together? What if elemental spirits, elemental beings, are essentially the immune system for the world or the healing system, and the reason we exist, the reason that Titanforged had to be created, and then Titanforged had to be changed, was because Azeroth needs T-cells. It doesn't have an immune response to these things that's been, that have been happening to it. The old, the, the, the old gods are not something Azeroth has a defense against, and that's why the Titans thought they had to come along and interfere, and in a way they were right, because they had to provide the building blocks for an actual immune system response, which is the creation of T-cells. It's like the bringing of mitochondria into the cell was a way to gain power. Titans of the mitochondria being brought into a new kind of cell, which is us, that will be able to act against the old gods because it will contain, much in the way like, you know, your immune system knows the genetic code of the things it's fighting. It knows what, you know, it has, it, it has the, when you get a vaccine, what you're getting is the genetic material of a virus telling your body this right here this is the bad thing okay i got this inside me now so now i know when i see this to go after it yeah very real possibility about that but i guess i don't looping it back in uh i don't know that we have any other possible explanation for what ashara really is aside from probably somebody who like matt said going back to it is able to it maybe at a subconscious level hear azeroth but I don't think she's a, an avatar. She's definitely not doing the will of Azeroth. Uh, everything she's doing is either selfish or in a bid for power or some long game or con that we have no idea. Uh, because but she's- I do think that there's an interesting idea here in the idea that being the speaker of Azeroth isn't a one-time gig. Yeah. That there may have been others throughout history. There may have been other beings that the world touched. And maybe and they said, don't know. You know no, maybe they had no idea. Just I hear voices and I, I do what they tell well, me. You know what it reminds me? You know what it reminds me a lot of? Velen in his relationship with the light, right? Like Velen is given prophetic visions. He's given them by the light. He doesn't always understand what they are. Um, when he first got them, they overwhelmed him, right? And they sort of helped him sort of see possibilities in the future, threads of, of things to come. Not necessarily what would happen, but, you know, sort of. Here's here's an idea. Here's a rough idea of what's to come. How many prophets have there been in Azeroth's history? Probably countless. From all the trolls and 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 shaman and uh, any of the other races of Azeroth that sort of have that sort of spiritual connection. How many of them have said to have a gift of prophecy? How many books are sitting in the Karazhan Library right now that were written or collected from prophets throughout the ages? Maybe they were listening or hearing 
bits of Azeroth that they didn't even realize that they were doing, that they, they, they weren't picking up on it. They weren't maybe in control enough to understand that that's what they were doing. And maybe people like Azara, people like Illidan, people like uh, Malfurion don't realize that's what they're doing either. Magni- well, think of it this way. Magni once said that Azeroth reminded him of, of a child, of a baby. Yep. What happens if a baby is upset about something? Usually cries. They scream. Yep. They won't stop until you make them feel not upset because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know that their parents are sitting around going, what is it? What do you want? We gave you a bottle. We burped you. We changed you. Please, God, what? Now, imagine that's happening in your head, and it's in the form of nightmare imagery, and it won't stop. It's not exactly surprising that even the most non-affiliated with the old gods prophets seem to be a little weird. There's a certain amount of, you know, if Ashara grew up on the one hand being completely worshipped by everybody around her all the time, while on the other hand hearing constant nightmares about the world being destroyed, it's not surprising that she grew up to think, I have to make the world perfect, as perfect as I am. I am perfect, so the world has to be perfect, so I stop having to hear this, so I stop this feeling of continuous dread. I will not allow that to control me. I will not allow it to overwhelm me. You saw what she was like when an old God showed up in her face. She didn't possibly because she'd spent so much of her life developing iron discipline to deal with this continuous shrieking in her head from, from a God baby that had no idea what was going on. And maybe that's why she's such a great arcane practitioner, right? We've talked about this in the past where the idea of order is essentially imposing a will on something and putting it into line. And that's what arcane magic does. I think we had a a question last week or maybe the week before where uh, the, the question came up of why don't shaman have water elementals yet arcane uh, wizards basically do. Why do mages have it? And the the answer essentially is because they can essentially impose their will on it and make it happen. You brought up the the point that they're almost akin to Dark Shaman in that regard, where they're just essentially f- enslaving or forcing it by imposing their will on it. Azara is essentially doing that with the force of magic in general. And it, what artifact did sh- did Ashara have? Shardersil. And who? uses that now shaman yeah yeah so i mean it's but i think that that's like i think you're right on that i think that there is something there and i think maybe that is the real truth maybe we've just solved the golden eye stuff uh for for azeroth and world of warcraft and i can maybe maybe we're gonna get cursed in the lower rooms uh but maybe that's it maybe it's just because they can hear what others can't but they maybe don't realize it or maybe maybe azara does at this point and doesn't care because she's got her power. She knows what she needs to do. And honestly, the best thing for her ever is if the Titan never wakes up because we don't know what happens after that. But hopefully that answers your question. We're going to move on to our next and possibly last one here uh, based on our time. And it's another one about the world trees. And some of this is it's a multi-part question. Uh, some of these are going to be a little bit quicker than the others. But this is from Aeroline, who's a, a blood elf hunter on Chasmodon. Are there only two world trees, Nordrassil and Teldrassil? Uh, I know that Teldrassil was destroyed, but I'm going to refer to it as a present tense. It will always live on in our heart. Uh, but no, uh, there are several that we've we've known about. There was, uh, God, why can't I think of all of their, their names at this point, Matt? Because it's all a bunch of Drazzles. <laughs> There's been, what, five total-ish? Because you have the one that's in Valshara, you have the uh, 
Taldrassil, you have the one in the north, uh, north rand area that has been knocked over, which I think is Nordrassil, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Crown of the North. Yeah, and then you have the new one that just popped up. Oh no! Wait a minute. Um, hold on. He cut six branches to grow great trees, but then there was one to create Andrasil. Andrasil was the one in the north that got Andrasil, felled. that's right, yes. And they renamed it Vor, not Nor. Vordrasil, because uh, Nordrasil was the one, the, the original one. Yeah, because it was uh, Nordrasil, Taldrasil, Andrasil, slash Vordrasil, Shaladrasil, the unnamed yeah. tr- the unnamed tree, which was the fifth unnamed tree that we don't know of, which might have been the... the um, whatchamacallit one, uh, Ilganoth tree, um, which I think is the Ilganoth tree, but we don't know what that is or where that is. Uh, yeah. that, that is somehow Shaldr- linked with Unguro yeah. Crater. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we and- have Am- Amadrasil, which is the current one. Yeah. But uh, Andrasil was the one that became Vordrasil. Shaladrasil is the one in Valshara, which is about as old. It's like, it's quite possibly like a sibling tree to Nordrasil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it seems likely that based on the, how, the power of the green dragon flight in that area, that it's the remnants of a pact made between the then night elves uh, of the, the, the city over. Um, I can't remember the name of the gigantic elf city. Oh my God. Oh, the, the, Sha- the, Shal- night, Shal- the nightborn live there now. Yeah. But Shadowshell also has a weird, a weird history that we, and we never really talked about it and maybe we should at some point because after the, uh, the war of the ancients, the surviving mm-hmm. satyrs that were rounded up, where there was a vote on what to do with them. And it was either that they were to be executed or, you know, imprisoned or whatever the case was. And they were imprisoned in eternal sleep beneath the roots of Shelagersil. Yeah. And they put other things under there too. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like, that was their go-to for a while was knock them out and put them under a tree, which might go back to that thing we were talking about earlier about why the Emerald dream is not the greatest place to be, you know, hanging out. Yeah. Maybe, but there's, there, there are at least six of them. Uh, well, five that we know of and one yet unknown potentially, um, which may pop up later. This may be relevant later, uh, but we are, this is the sixth and I'm air quoting here tree, uh, with those six great branches. Um, can you explain the significance of the world trees and their role in Azeroth? I've heard about their origins, but I can't recall hearing about why they were created other than to be home for night elves. But I feel there must be some deeper purpose in that. The- well, yeah, the Nordrasil. Oh, you go ahead, Joe. No, no, go ahead, please. Nordrasil was created in order to honor the pact between the night elves and the dragon aspects, basically because the dragon aspects were like, okay, you've lost a lot here to helping to defend the world from the thing that you guys helped cause. Um, so we're going to make it th- a deal with you. Uh, Malf, um, Malfurion, your brother, by creating this new well of eternity, has essentially just started the whole process over again. So we're going to stick we're going to stick a tree over it and we're going to bind you to the tree and you will live as long as the tree is here for the purpose of keeping the legion from finding out about this well of eternity. Mm-hmm. And the thing is is that we know that Shaldrasil is supposedly older than the Sundering. Shaldrasil would therefore be older than Nordrasil because Nordrasil Sh- happened after yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about Andrasil and Vordrasil in a minute, but like, but yeah, Shaldrasil Sh- might actually be the original entry point into the Emerald Dream. Yeah, and one of the reasons is that the the World Tree Nordrasil was created by taking an acorn from Gahanir, which is a the mother essentially tree. the mother tree. Gahanir is like an elemental plane of a tree. It, it's it's an it's an almost metaphysical tree. 
It's a domain where the, one of the wild gods lives and it's in the Emerald dream itself. It's the tallest tree in the Emerald dream with the creation of a new world tree within the Emerald dream itself. That's interesting. Uh, Gahania died supposedly. Mm, I have a couple thoughts. So, we're going to get, mm, we're going to get into that in a minute, but I mean, yeah, but to get back to it, that's, that's Nordrasil's origin. It was created as part of a pact between uh, the dragons and the night elves that, you know, we're going to keep this old, this magic thing under control and we're not going to do that again. We definitely don't want to have to fight the Legion again. And, that would be terrible guys. Yeah. And then Andrusel Vordershall was a, a world tree created in the Grizzly Hills, uh, which was basically used to sort of stop the spread of Serenite in Northrend. Yeah. Uh, at least that was the original intention of it. Yeah. We, 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 we don't have a lot of time to really go into it, but Fandral Staghelm, who was, I guess, Malfurion's best student after his previous best student turned into a werewolf. I'm not kidding. Um, Fandral kind of had an aggressive, punchy attitude towards how to druid. And since, you know, Malfurion was taking a lot of extremely long centuries, long naps, a lot of the time Fandral was the chief druid. Like he was the, the most powerful druid around like there, there wasn't anybody more senior than him so he could pretty much do what he wanted for some reason whenever they had a problem fandral was like oh you got a problem yo i'll solve it check out this world tree and it would be there he would throw a world tree at the problem with mixed results like in addition to the the andrasil world tree that he tried to create which literally was a graft he was trying to graft a world tree onto another place it's if you ever see how apples are, are made and how apple orchards make sure that their apple trees grow the right apples, they they use a graft from a previous tree. Ooh, it's, you know what I remembered? Like a, Gahanir go isn't dead. It was listed as dead before. I don't. Yeah, know so it, back in no, because uh, during Cataclysm there was a whole storyline with uh, Aviana mm-hmm, after she mm-hmm. was resurrected, and that it seemed. And then as I think it's Warlords of Draenor where the tree seems to be restored because uh, isn't Aviana the one that invites the Arakroka? And offers them a place on the mother tree. So, like, that that would indicate that p- potentially Gahanir is back. Yeah, and then that makes another question. That would make the world tree that's growing there now essentially a kind of spiritual grandchild to the mother. Mm-hmm. But I think, there's a, I think there's a reason for it, too. So, this is the thing that I was thinking about when we were talking about this. And we were talking about the roots. And I don't know why I haven't thought about this before, but... I think there might have been another purpose with the world trees and maybe one that even like the dragon aspects didn't even realize. And maybe the great, the great mother tree did or did not realize it was doing when it was essentially gifting its ability to be planted on the material plane from the Emerald dream. When we talked about the black empire, we talked about all the, essentially the old gods burrowing and tunneling through Azeroth, creating a network that sort of reached uh, almost like roots across the face of the planet uh, and butted up against each other where they essentially clash and created borders. And we always talk about them going deep, trying to penetrate down into uh, Azeroth itself, making its way to sort of like the nougaty center of the world. What if the world trees had an additional thing where their intention was sort of what the, the nettles, what, what Fandral was doing with it, using them to sort of like cap off places of like big exposure. But what if their whole point was their roots were supposed to go deep and go wide and connect with each other to sort of create a shield against the, the penetration of the old gods, which is why the old gods seem to be so absolutely obsessed with world trees because they are absolutely obsessed with world trees maybe more than the legion are thoughts yeah i mean that's 
it is interesting to think about that possibility that they were attempting to create a bulwark or a barrier, maybe even like a bastion of forgotten antiquity. I'm not letting that go. Um, but another thing that comes to mind when you're talking about that is that the reason Fandral went to them time and time again was that he basically thought of them as a purification thing. Yeah. And that might've been the goal in the first place. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, what, again, we don't the see the of, roots of the black, we don't see the roots of the black empire anymore. They're all, they're all sort of well-contained. Well, for that matter, what do roots, real roots from a real tree? One of the things they do is bring up stuff from the ground and use it to, you know, feed the tree. Yeah. And they go like, for miles. Have, like if like, you've got plants, if you've got plants in your yard, you know how the roots, like Joe was just saying, root systems go for miles. Like there's a, and the other thing too, is that root systems don't just mean roots. Root systems have a webbing of fungi that surrounds them and interacts with them. Yeah. I think the, like in the real world, the largest one I think is like something like, I don't know, 106 acres of like a combination of like a mycelium network and a root system network of trees. Uh, this is, I think it's called Pando, right? Uh, it is massive. And like, it is like, it, it's all one organism. It is. Yeah. Pando is Latin for I speak, uh, which I should have known. That. I thought I spread. It, it's what's called a clonal. Yes. I spread your, it's a clonal organism representing an individual male quaking Aspen that has basically grown out mm-hmm. into all these different trees that are all it. They're all part of it. They're all clones it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's a hundred acres. It's not the biggest living thing in the world, but it's massive, uh, but it's, I mean, it is only beaten by an, another fungal entity. This is a tree entity that has the fungus on its webs. There's another net entity that is literally just, there's a mushroom over there and 25 miles away. There's a mushroom over there. And those two mushrooms actually are the same mushroom underground. And we got a like, glimmer of something like that too. In the, um, when we were in shadowlands too, didn't we? What, what those networks can be. We literally yeah, talked to not even just no go, go to, oh. uh, go to the, the, why can't I think of the, the, the nature land? Why oh, okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, you, there I literally is a fungal network that you travel between that. You, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you essentially fix the blockages and you talk to it. It's alive. Well, as alive as anything, the shadowlands can be, but like, yeah, like everything is interconnected. So I always wondered if that was something to do with the world trees where, Maybe, maybe there's a reason that they're they were put where they were. Um, Ardenweald. Ardenweald, thank you. But I remember Anne talking about this a long time ago. It was one of the first tinfoil hat th- pieces, I think, on the website. Was the idea of there being five old gods, but then there being the correlation of them to world trees. And we even talked about this early on in this podcast's life. Where what if there is that correlation? What if there is as many world trees as there are old gods. And there's a reason for that. Five lanterns to light our way. Why would you need five lanterns to light your way? If you had five things stopping you. And we have five known world trees with the only unknown one being the one that existed in the Emerald nightmare. That may have been a blueprint for an attempt to use those trees to get rid of all of them. Because when Vordrasil, now the shattered crown of the North when it fell and died, yes, there is a new tree growing in it, but it's growing in a pool of serenite. Like, literally everything that lives there has been driven insane by the whisperings of yogg That tree is gone. We talked about this before of what, why would you, 
why would Teldrassil be the target of being burned like that? Is there something that maybe needed to be done that it needed to be removed and taken out of the way? And we talked about this before. If the trees were being used to hide Azeroth and hide the Well of Eternity from the Legion, from Sargeras, those trees might have more of a protective barrier thing going on than just that. And well, plus, if you think about it, too, it might not even be that the trees have to be destroyed because they're not. No, they're not. There's the, they come back, but then maybe they have to be taken out for a certain period of time. Maybe that's the whole point is to sacrifice them one after the other mm. to create for what we call a cascade failure. You you burn down, uh, you, you, you arrange the whole thing with the Legion showing up. They take out uh, Nordrasil. So then Teldrassil is created to try and replace it. And in the process... It's used as a means to infect the the uh, night elves with the Emerald Nightmare, and then it's burned down, creating you know a situation where there's no active world tree. Right now, there is no active world tree on Azeroth. Oh, whoa, it. hold on, even even better. Okay, so wait a minute. Let's go back to Ganir. Right, mm-hmm. Ganir died when Aviana was killed in the War of the Ancients. Look at before that in the War of the Ancients. Look at all the corruption that came after that. Your cascade failure may be right on point. And they built Nordrasil after Gahanir's death. Which wasn't linked with the mainframe. If you think about it in a term of like computers, Gahanir is the mainframe. That's what happened template. to Shaladrasil. That's what happened to Shaladrasil. Shaladrasil, the reason that it's not called a world tree at first is because it was a literal connection to Gahanir. Mm-hmm. There was a route between them. Gahanir died. It took Shaladrasil out. But they mm-hmm. used the, use the um, acorn of Gahanir to create Nordrasil. Okay, now they've got this new thing. Now, how do we get rid of that? But because they, they and, and all the corruption that happened in between, the old gods were able to break some of their prison bonds. You have the war of the emerald, the, uh, the satyrs, the, the, the war the, of the, the satyrs. Yep. Yeah. Why and they're so fixated on the trees? They're they need to keep their opportunities. They've they've. Every single time a tree goes down, especially while Gahanir was not online, it was an opportunity for them to press further and further, to extend their influence, to break their bonds ever so much more and do what they needed to do. Because it wasn't just the Titan facilities that were keeping them in check, and maybe the Titans didn't even know this. Maybe the Titans had no bloody idea. Look at what happened to Mother Mm -hmm. when they were experimenting. Yeah, what happened to Mother? They, basically, she sat inside of a, de- a decaying Titan facility while all the old god experiments she was running basically conglomerated into an old god-like thing. And she didn't seem to understand that it was even happening. They don't seem to really perceive the old gods very well. No, it's almost like they're a blind spot for them. Like, they, they know they are there, but it's not like they're invisible, but they just don't get it. Like, no matter how many times they see it. Which then leads it towards something more akin to nature to take care of it, something more that blueprint that that Azeroth itself needs to defend itself against. Because if any of the Titans understand the old gods better than any of them, including Sargeras, it's going to be Azeroth, even as a child. She's yeah, been had the things on her this whole time. Yep. They've been they've been in her nightmares. They've her consciousness has mingled with theirs at at, at least a couple of points. Um, she has all the memories and, and the connection through Magni, and as we just established, potentially through all these prophets throughout history, 
So Gahanir, who is a pocket dimension or mother tree uh, within the Emerald Dream or just outside of the Emerald Dream, much in the same way that the elemental prisons are, uh, may be a blueprint for defense, a blueprint on how to purge and purify, like you said, because that's what they've used it to do. They've used it to purify in the same way that the Titan facilities try to and have mostly failed to, let's be honest. Well, Titans, the Titans are really bad at purifying things because their entire idea is burn it with the light. And then make it do what we want it to do. Whereas, yeah. whereas oh, this thing's corrupted, burn it all and start again. Whereas the night elves and the druids and the wild gods and the dragon aspects, even because they're tied to Azeroth in a way that the Titans and the Titan forged can never be. They still have that elemental nature about them. We've established this. They well, still have. That's the thing too. We've, we've seen before going all the way back to the original Uldaman when the disc of Norganon mm-hmm. that the, Titans created their Titan forged out of the actual elemental materials of the world. Yep. And think about what the Titans actually are. They're gigantic planet entities encasing a, a spark of power. The elementals fight over anima. The Titans are gigantic elementals. They're planet elementals. They're made of planet. No wonder they don't like the elementals because the elementals as we have them are wrong order. Yep. They're not, they're not doing what the Titans would do. They're not being like but, the Titans are. But that, that leads us back to it because the Titans can't, they don't understand purification. Reorigination. Oh, yeah. Reorigination yeah, is our idea of it. But nature does. Azeroth does. In this case, the Druids in the Emerald Dream does. And these that's what these trees have been doing. Not only is it taking, you know, the power of the Well of Eternity and giving the Night Elves eternal life at that point. But it's taking any corruption that would linger or any pain and sort of rechanneling it, right? And that's what all of these are trying to do. That's why Fandral maybe understood that the rest of them didn't. And maybe this is why Fandral went even further off the deep end and embraced the flame because they wouldn't listen to him. Maybe he actually understood it better than Malfurion did. I'm not saying that uh, everything he did was right, but maybe his deep understanding of that wasn't wrong. Maybe he was actually right in saying we need to put these trees in these positions. And maybe he didn't fully understand why, but he understood the idea of we're going to stick it on this thing, stop the spread of Serenite, because the tree will filter it and purify it and take care of it. And what is Serenite? It's the blood of Yogg-Saron. It's literal corruption. What color are Fandral Staghelm's eyes? In the image that we see of this ghostly image of Fandral Staghelm, gold. And the image is from the war against the Karaji. Yep. Or the gold gods, or which Fandral was the primary guy for. And what happened to him during that war? Lost his son and went absolutely mad with anger and anguish. Which is a pretty familiar thing to people who end up fighting the all gods. They always end up kind of getting destroyed, even if they win. Especially in an area that has been ravaged over eons. Yeah, so this all circles back to what we talked about earlier. Man, I love these episodes. Um, there may be something there that he may instinctively understand or instinctually understand that he he doesn't know why, but he's compelled to. He's compelled yeah. to plant those seeds. Because the, the freaking planet keeps screaming in his head to do it. Yep. Because every time one of the trees goes down, she gets some relief. And, it's like, and here's an interesting like, thing, too, right? Going, going back to the Druids of the Flame, I can understand why he would easily embrace it as well, though, too. Because what what is the one thing that Ash is almost v- universally great for? Growing crops in. 
And what happens? What happens? You know this. What happens in a field that has been freshly ashed the next season? Usually, a pretty. It may not be the next season. It may be years. But you get a bumper crop. You get a bumper crop, or you'll get really thick, verdant growth. Forest fires are the fertilization of forests. Yep. Uh, they kill. They they clear out the dead wood and the stuff that isn't alive anymore. Uh, unfortunately, they do also kill a lot of living plants, but the seeds are often underneath the ash fall because and they grow because it combines with the natural elements and the, everything of the soil. The when the rain does eventually come, it does mix with it and makes sort of this. We talk about the deep loam of the earth, and we literally are just in Abris where the Nephilim talk about this. We're literally in a place named after the loam, but the deep verdant loam is what gives it life. So maybe, yeah, latching onto it and thinking, you know what? This is absolutely right. Burn everything down to the ground. I can plant more seeds. They're going to grow strong. They're going to grow fast. They're going to keep everything safe. I've done my job, but nobody will listen to me. So I'm going to burn it down myself, right? Like I can, I can see that. And also, if you think about it from a certain perspective, fire is nature's way of purifying. Mm-hmm. Just, but it, it isn't great to have everything be on fire all the time. But again, that's the whole point: is you need the elements working in coordination, maintaining a balance. Um, so yeah, there's, there's certainly. I don't think that Fiandrel was, was right about everything. No. I think he broke. I think he did. When break. his son died, he broke. But because he broke, he was more willing to accept what he was being told, what he was being prompted to do. He doesn't, and he didn't even think they were voices from outside because he didn't hear a voice. He just, and Magni says the same thing. He doesn't hear a voice. It's like feelings, Uh, emotions, or things that are projected into him. If you don't know that that's coming from outside of you, because the night elves don't have a tradition for this. The night elves just have it happening to them. If you don't know, then that's just you. If that's just you. Like, if you have intrusive thoughts and don't know they're intrusive thoughts, you'll just think you're thinking that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, it, these are literally intrusive thoughts. Sometimes a whisper is worse than anything shouted from a mountain. <sighs> we could go on for so much more, but I think we're going to have to cut it there. There are mm-hmm. a few more questions from Airline regarding the world trees. We have talked about some of these before. There are differences between the history of the trees. Um, Do you want to I, lightning around it? Like you read it off and I'll give a quick answer. And we'll let's, see what we you know do. what? Let's go for it. Let's give them, let's give the people what they want. Uh, what is the difference between Nordishal and Taldersal? With the Kalimdor Cup coming, uh, I was doing the race around Taldersal and I realized how much smaller and less significant it appears to be versus, uh, I think, Nordersal uh, than Taldersal. And I don't know if there is a lore reason for it, if there is a stylistic choice in development. Taldersal was built to be a thing people sat on. It held up a city. It was yep. literally just engineered to hold up a city. Whereas Nordrasil, while still enormous, keep in mind that, you know, it's up on top of a mountain. Uh, it is not built to be as big as, as Teldrassil because it didn't need to be. Yeah, the night elves, night elves and the living creatures sheltered in the roots and under the boughs of the trees other mm-hmm. than Teldrassil. Teldrassil was the first time that they built the city in on top of it in the trees. They literally lifted old night elf ruins. Those buildings yes. that you see actually date back to the original Sundering. Those are old night elf buildings that they lifted up out of the water with the tree. So, okay. And I think that was it. That was the last question. I, I do apologize. Right. Uh, so airline, thank you very much. Hopefully that spreads some light on it. Thank you very much for, uh, everybody who gave us topics today that gave us spun onto our, our wild tangents that we all seem to tie together. Uh, 
I love these episodes. These make me happy inside. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better chance to have your question answered on our podcast for the queue and an ad free site experience. Again, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify the show in the subject line and any special pronunciation for your names, include those in there. If you don't want to hit us up on email, you can go ahead to our Discord channels. We have one set aside for Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you for keeping the lights on. Uh, it's our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. Uh, we tend to look there first, which is where most of these questions came from. Uh, and if you can't support us on Patreon, we understand that you can continue to support us by making sure you share our content on whatever social media sites you find yourself on, share them with your friends, give them a listen. And, uh, you know, those share links actually help quite a bit, especially on platforms like Spotify. Uh, it helps propel us through the algorithm and, and ensures that our content gets pushed up and on people's uh, dashboards and we appreciate that but you can hit us up on our q and podcast questions channel and with that folks we'll see you next week bye selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.